Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Okay, so uh, we have, uh, as uh, since uh, there's so much uh, anti-Semitism and, and uh, everything that's been going on in the world, we have heightened security at Bethlehem. We, we, you know, we just think that that's wise and prudent, not, not because of anything specific. But, uh, but I have a question for our security team. I see uh, Susan, I see John back there. Um, I want to know from our security team, did we secure and make sure there were no tomatoes allowed in uh, today? This is very important. No. Okay, good. I've gotten the sign from security. No tomatoes have been allowed in. That's really, really good. I'm encouraged by that, uh, so I can share with you some really bad jokes. Okay, here we go. Okay, it's, it's Thanksgiving weekend here, and so I needed to make sure you didn't have any tomatoes. You know, I don't want any, anything flying at me uh, because, and, and please don't just like walk out. It's, it's not polite. Uh, okay, uh, and so it's Thanksgiving weekend. Here we go. Did you hear about the turkey? Uh, that went to the prom. That's right. It was a butter ball. Uh, you get that? <laughs> I had to think about that one. Uh-huh. Uh, why did the farmer have to separate the, uh, the, the chicken and the turkey? He sensed foul play. You know, uh, <laughs> okay, good, good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Please, please stop. Uh, what, what happened to the turkey that got into a fight? Well, he got, he got the stuffing knocked out of him. I'll tell you that. It was really a very bad one. It was a tough fight there. And, uh, uh, and, uh, you know what the, uh, the turkey, everybody, you know, goes around, says what you're thankful for on Thanksgiving, uh, got to the turkey, what he was thankful for on Thanksgiving. It was vegetarians. Well, yeah, <laughs> very thankful for vegetarians. Also, I was I was looking up some good uh, Thanksgiving things that related to to kind of to Jewish people. There was, there was some things I, I read and saw. There are scenes and quotes from Jewish homes on Thanksgiving. Okay, scenes and quotes from Jewish homes on Thanksgiving. Okay, uh, <laughs> classic Jewish uh, home. Your your cousin does not show up on Thanksgiving, and Booby says, it's okay, they'll come to my funeral. It's <laughs> a classic Booby. Uh, scenes and quotes from Jewish homes on Thanksgiving. Putting on the dog's sweaters before walking them because your mom is worried they'll get cold. <laughs> classic Jewish mom right there. Uh, the old Jewish mom. The Jewish mom, Thanksgiving. Thanks, mom. If you had applied yourself more in high school, you could be going to Yale. Yeah, thanks, mom. Thanks, thanks. It's just what I needed. Thanks. People going around giving thanks, you know, and then there's the one. Uh, oh, I'm thankful that I'm thankful that my son, who I gave birth to after 18 hours of painful labor, generously decided to see me once a year. Thanks, thanks, Ma. I appreciate that one. Thank you. And then the final quote, <laughs> what do you mean herring doesn't go with cranberry sauce? You know, <laughs> okay. Well, I told you there were some bad jokes. I'm glad we secured the tomatoes. Uh, I'm very encouraged by that. Leviticus chapter 7 in the Torah, please, if you'd turn there. I've got something for you today that does relate to the holiday of Thanksgiving. 
Uh, and it's interesting because a lot of people don't uh, realize that there's something in Scripture. Yes, there, there are Jewish holidays that are focused around giving thanks and are sometimes seen as a parallel and are called the Jewish Thanksgiving. Okay, fair enough. But there's also something in Scripture that's really not talked about very often uh, that I, I think has some relevance to this weekend in particular. Okay, so in the Torah, we know, and if you study the Torah, you will note that there are different types of offerings and sacrifices, or korban, uh, which is the sacrifice. It literally means to draw close to. It's interesting that the offerings, the sacrifices that are made in the Torah, Be'evrit in Hebrew is korban, literally meaning to draw close to. So it's so interesting just as, as a starting principle and an, and an early teaching point, the sacrifices are meant for us to draw closer to God. That's actually what they're called, is to draw close to. So you bring your offering, your sacrifice, you bring your to draw close to. Uh, that's interesting in and of itself. But there are different types of sacrifices uh, and offerings in the Torah. We read about lots of different kinds and types. There's purification offerings and sacrifices, sin offerings, reparation, whole burnt offerings, grain offerings, etc. There, there are a number, a number of different types of offerings. There are also the fellowship or, or peace offerings, okay? They're called fellowship and they're also called peace offerings. Offerings. This is a distinct category of offerings that are brought forward. And the, the fellowship or peace offerings had three basic types. So there were three kind of subcategories of the category of the fellowship or peace offering. And the three categories of offerings or sacrifices that are talked about in the Torah that are all kind of under this category of the fellowship or peace offerings are the free will offering, the vow sacrifice, and the, wait for it, thanksgiving offering, thanksgiving sacrifice. Very interesting, and particularly apropos after all of that stuffing yesterday, uh, this week, right? Okay, so let's read about the thanksgiving offering now, in Leviticus chapter 7, it's, it's, it's talked about in two different places, but in Leviticus chapter 7, verse 11, we read this. Now, this is the Torah, or the law, of the sacrifice of fellowship offerings, which may be offered to Adonai. Okay, so we see this is under the category of the fellowship offerings, verse 12. If he brings it for a thanksgiving, okay, so it's that category, if you will, of the peace or fellowship offerings, if he brings it for a thanksgiving, then he is to present with the sacrifice of thanksgiving matzah cakes mixed with oil, matzah wafers anointed with oil, and fine flour cakes mixed with oil. And so he is to present his offering with the sacrifice of his fellowship offerings for thanksgiving, along with the cakes of bread with chametz. Okay, so it's, it's pretty interesting there. There's a lot of variables that are kind of going into this thanksgiving offering. Uh, you've got these, all these different kinds of breads, you know, and even when it refers to to these different matzah things. The, 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 of course, matzah is a type of bread too. Uh, and, and then we also have some with leaven, with the chametz, so then there are loaves. There are different, lots of different breads, lots of different kinds of breads, in addition to the, the, sacri the sacrifice uh, itself of the fellowship offering, the meat sacrifice also. So something that is different than most sacrifices is that the peace or fellowship offerings, and this is different. Uh, and it's and there's a message in here, y'all. It's very, very deep. And I, I spent a uh, even even a good bit of time reviewing all the different sacrifices. And I kind of you know you you go down a rabbit hole and you just there's so much to study and learn. But it's interesting because unlike most of your sacrifices or offerings, 
the fellowship or peace offerings are eaten mostly by the people who bring the offerings. So that's, that is a, a little unusual, if you will, because most of the other sacrifices and offerings in the Torah are designed to, in some way, shape, or form, compensate for a sin or a, me, or a misdeed of some kind, right? So they're, they're, they're kind of like uh, to, to compensate for something bad that you did, something wrong that you did, knowingly or, or not quite with knowledge. Okay, th- th- there's, there's that nature to a lot of the sacrifices or, or even something that you're, that you're doing or committing to, right? But the fellowship offerings of which the thanksgiving is one is not like this. It is done not under compulsion or obligation, but rather out of a heart of gratitude. It is a voluntary offering. There is no requirement or compulsion to offer a thanksgiving offering or sacrifice. Scriptures talk about this, yet, yet scriptures spend a good bit of time in the Torah talking about the fellowship offerings, talking about these thanksgiving offerings and sacrifices, if you will. And so it's, it's, it's not under any obligation that anybody brings unto the Lord a thanksgiving offering, but yet it is out of, out of a heart uh, of gratitude. Maybe, uh, for example, illustratively, perhaps somebody has been healed. Well, we want to be th- thankful to God. If you've had a healing, I know that you want to be thankful to your God. Somebody say amen. Yeah, okay, good on that. You know, you, everybody better say amen on that because you never know when you need that healing miracle. And you're like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I, I'll be thankful if, if you heal me of whatever it is. Okay, fair enough. Perhaps you got a new job. That's something that you're surely thankful for. Thank you, Lord, for this new job. Maybe you had a new baby or got married. I got I, I got the Alan Val back there. Okay, right now, they, they certainly... Uh, Uh, I've already revealed to you because we've got a a new baby here today, right? Maybe you had a new baby or maybe you just got married. We just had a wedding uh, a week or two weeks ago. We got another wedding coming up in a week or two. We've gotten where, you know, people are getting, whatever it is, some kind of a celebratory event. It could be big. It could be small. Whatever it is, perchance you just retired. Woo. All right, boy, you hit that, that point on the life board that you could like, yeah, retirement. I'll take it. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a huge thing. Or maybe you sold your home or you sold your business for a, for a big profit. And whatever it is, it could be something uh, uh, emotional. It could be something that's that, that a restored relationship, if you will. Something that you're incredibly thankful for. It might simply be because you want to give thanks to God and draw close to your creator for all that he has done for you. So simply out of love, you want to give thanksgiving to God just out of your heart of love to him for all that he has done for you and how he's been so kind and generous and loving to you. Whatever it is, there's lots of reasons to give a thanksgiving sacrifice or offering. By the way, this is not going to end with me receiving another offering, okay? This is not, this is not the point here. My, my point is what is our mindset around this and to understand and to learn about this. For whatever reason it is, there is not a compulsion to offer it, if you will. Okay, so there is no requirement. God doesn't say you must bring this Thanksgiving offering or sacrifice. Nope, it's not a requirement. It's totally your option as to if you do it or not. And and therefore, God dictated that the giver may actually partake of the offering, which is, again, not typical. But it's what's, what's interesting about it, and if you study it, th- this, is, this relates to us more in even America today than you really even realize. Rabbis tell us if you, if you add up the total number of loaves of bread that are in the Thanksgiving offering, the total, because there are four different categories of bread offerings that are described in Leviticus chapter seven. There are four different, and what, if you, if you add it all up, there are 10 loaves that were given in the Thanksgiving offering 
of each of the four types. Okay, so we're talking about 40 loaves of bread were given as part of the Thanksgiving offering. If you were going to bring a Thanksgiving offering, 40 loaves, 10 of each of the, the kinds that were described. And this is in addition to the meat sacrifice, the animal that you're sacrificing, which is described in Leviticus chapter 3 of the fellowship offering. So when you bring a fellowship offering, which includes a Thanksgiving offering in particular, you're bringing a whole animal and 40 loaves of bread. Okay, that, that's a lot of food, y'all. Uh, you know, what, what does that sound a little bit like to you? Mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh. Okay, and scriptures say, <laughs> wait for it, scriptures say specifically in verse 15 of chapter 7 that it has to be consumed, in other words, eaten, by the next morning. <laughs> right, right, so the whole McGill has got to be like, chowed down on the animal sacrifice the whole animal and the the 40 loaves everything's got to be done by the next day now in terms of the the priest the kohen that is performing the sacrifice the the kohen always receives part of the offerings and depending upon what the offering is they may receive the majority of it but in this case the kohen gets one of each of the four types of loaves. So there's four types of loaves. He gets one of each of them for himself. That leaves 36 loaves left, 36 loaves. Once the Kohen is doing this, the sacrifice gets his portion. Also, the whole animal, other than what was already burnt on the altar for the Lord, and that which was given to the priest. So what happened is, again, you got these 40 loaves of bread that you're bringing in. Four of them, one of the, each of the four types, go to the, the priest. And then you got the, the animal that you're sacrificing. You bring the animal. And the animal's divvied up a little bit differently. Parts of it, this is all described in Leviticus chapter 3. Parts of it, the fat, parts of it, etc. The, the fat is burnt up as a burnt offering to the Lord. That's just goes straight to the Lord, which was considered the best part, of course, uh, back then, the fat, okay, so that gets burned up and, and is given to the Lord. Then other parts of it are given to uh, the, the, the Kohanim, okay? And then other parts were given specifically to the Kohen who was doing the actual sacrifice. Okay, so, I, so then you have a breast and you have other parts that are kind of divvied out into the priest, the priest who's doing the sacrifice, the priesthood, if you will, the Levitical priesthood, and then the Lord itself, some is just burned up. And so you got some burned up as an offering to the Lord of the animal. Part of it is given for the consumption uh, by the, the priests and then some by the specific priest who's doing the sacrifice. Are you with me? But all the rest of that animal, the whole rest of that animal, you know, let's say you're bringing a calf or let's say you're bringing a lamb, the whole rest of that animal, other than just those few parts, which are not that much, are to be consumed by you. Had to be consumed. It's a lot of food. This is a lot of food. Now, wh- now why is this significant? This is significant. Why? There is so much to be eaten during a Thanksgiving offering. There's so much that is eaten. It, there's a lot. So what would happen is that the person who brought the Thanksgiving offering, the person who brought it, in addition to his family and his invited friends, would all consume the majority of the Thanksgiving offering. And so typically when somebody brought a Thanksgiving offering, it wasn't, they didn't just go by themselves to the temple and offered up 40 loaves and and an animal to, to, and thanks to God. No, they typically brought a lot of people with them. Why? Because there's a lot of food that's got to be consumed. Scriptures say it's got to be consumed by the next day or you got to burn it up. It's, you know, it's no good. And, and, and this is of great significance. So what did you do? It's like, man, I'm, I'm giving thanks. I'm giving thanks to God. I'm giving the Thanksgiving offering. So, so listen, let's bring the family Okay, you know, get the kids, get the cousins, get the in-laws, get the outlaws, bring them on, you know? My best friend, my, my, my worst friend, just bring them on. Come on, because we, we got a feast that's coming up here. Now, 
what's the point and why would this be and why would God design the Thanksgiving offering in this way? It's very unique and different relative to a lot of the other offerings and sacrifices. God specifically mandates exactly how this should go, but why? Why is it that he does it this way? I want you to think about it for just a minute and think about why God would desire this. Well, think about it on these terms, friends. Specifically, the person making the Thanksgiving offering Why was he there? Why was he making a Thanksgiving offering in the first place? It's because he was thankful for something and he wished to give God credit for it, right? That's the whole point of why you're going and making a special trip to the temple to make a Thanksgiving offering is because you want to acknowledge God and you you want to acknowledge God as the giver of that for which you are thankful for. And so in bringing a Thanksgiving offering, you're making a statement in coming and making and coming. And remember, there's nothing compulsory to it. There's no obligation to come and give a Thanksgiving sacrifice. And so when you choose to do something like that, by default, you are making a statement. Remember that meat back then I mean, even today, you go to Kroger or Publix or whatever, Walmart, the meat is, is the expensive stuff, right? But back then, friends, meat was a premium thing to eat back in those days. It was very expensive. People did not eat meat every day back in those days. Meat was considered a premium thing to eat that was a kind of special occasions. It wasn't just thrown around like you go to McDonald's. They didn't have McDonald's back then. And some of you were like, they have meat at McDonald's? They do, they really do, I'm telling you. (laughs) It's interesting, actually, if you go to Israel, uh, some of you have been with me to Israel, the McDonald's over there are amazing. It's all kosher meat, and wow, the burgers, they're, they're, they're different. And, uh, and so it's always entertaining whenever I take a, tr- a group to Israel. Inevitably, we'll need a quick lunch somewhere in between places, and I'll, I'll tell the driver, let's just go to McDonald's. And I, I see some of the people on the bus look at me like, I, I paid how much money to come all the way to Israel, and you're taking me to McDonald's? Are you serious, Rabbi? And I get these looks, right? And I'm like, just be paid, just patience with me and just wait and watch and see and they're like uh uh-huh right okay and then they they the the burger comes out and they're like oh okay this is different it's not so in any case but back then meat was a premium thing uh to eat and it was expensive that in addition to all the bread man are you kidding me it's a lot of bread 40 loaves of bread so the offerer very clearly, y'all, and I think this all makes sense to each of you, the offerer really wanted to thank God for his or her blessing. The, he, the, the offerer really was intent on thanking God for his blessing. Why? Because it was such an expensive and a big adilla just to do all this, to bring this, to bring the animal, to bring 40 loaves. This was a big deal. There was a great deal of intentionality to it And remembering that this offering, a Thanksgiving offering was, remember it was voluntary and it was above one's tithes. So tithes are compulsory. You have to give your tithe a tenth. That was what is expected. That's the Lord's. That's the Lord's portion, right? But beyond that, it's not a requirement but yet someone is bringing that above their tithes, this kind of a sacrifice or offering. And so therefore, in making this special offering, when you are there and you're making a special offering and you bring everybody around because you're so thankful for something, and then you have a big feast of the best meat, along with these different kinds of breads, with all these other people, what do you think is primarily discussed by everyone as you're all there gathered together, celebrating, giving thanks to God and and eating this great food that you don't normally get? 
I'll tell you what is primarily discussed in such moments is how God has blessed this person to the point that they are making a significant voluntary offering. And in doing so, they are glorifying God and giving him the credit. And therefore, his name is praised and glorified. And we are sharing with others about God. Think about that for just a minute. It's very, very interesting. So you've got this whole group together, being yourself, your family, your extended family, probably some friends and stuff. And you can almost think of it as like a, you know how you have like a birthday party or something and everybody comes to celebrate and everybody has the cake or something, or if you have a bar mitzvah, or a bat mitzvah, and there's the big celebration. Everybody goes to the community center, and, and there's all this massive food, and it's like a delicious time, and everybody's enjoying themselves. If you, if you say, why are everybody, is everybody enjoying? Oh, but it's because it's so-and-so's birthday. Or, oh, it's because of so-and-so's bar bat mitzvah. Well, for such events with the Thanksgiving offering like this, by default, what, what people are doing is that person is sharing that they are so thankful to God for fill in the blank. It could be anything in their lives and they wanna be thankful to God for it. So what is that person effectively doing? That person is effectively sharing with everybody in their family where their own priorities lie and they're teaching, in essence, and sharing the good news of God with others around them, saying, you know what? This great thing happened to me I'm so thankful, and to God be the glory. And, and I, I want to emphasize that so much that you're all brought into this, and everybody sitting at the table, you know, with the sandals and the kind of the, the schmatza that they wore. <laughs> um, you know, they're looking around, and it's like, wow, boy, this person is, they're mensch, they're a mensch. They're, not only has God blessed them so much, but they're giving thanks to God for it. They're not taking all the credit and saying, Look at me, watch me, watch me, watch me. <laughs> they're not doing that. <laughs> what they're doing is they're saying, look at God who gave me this. Look, who God, look at God who did this for me. So in essence, a Thanksgiving offering as discussed in Leviticus 3 and Leviticus 7 was like getting together with family and friends for Thanksgiving, but much more overtly giving thanks first to God very directly. You know how on, on Thanksgiving, right, everybody gets together and, and, and you typically, you know, some families will, will some families just say, okay, let's say a, a, a bracha, a blessing, and then let's eat. Uh, and then other families won't do anything to acknowledge being thankful. Some families who are real radical might say, okay, what are we thankful for? What are you thankful? Let's go around the room. What are you thankful for? Okay, that's great. But a thanksgiving offering to God, which is, again, mostly consumed by the people who are offering it. What, what is it? This is, like a, a, this is like thanksgiving. It's like thanksgiving, except for it's much more overtly thanking God. It's much more overtly directed up. It, it reminds me some of kind of like, you know, how thanksgiving may have been initially founded, if you will, by people who were truly thanking God that they were alive and you know, made it across the ocean, whatever. You, you know what I'm saying? The, the thanksgiving was clearly vertical. And that was their focus. Oh, thank you, God. And by the way, let me share my bounty with others. Let me share my bounty with others. How interesting. Now, with this in mind, you can almost imagine that this psalm was written thinking of the thanksgiving offering. Let's go to Psalm 100. Psalm 100, keep in mind what we read and keep in mind about how the offering and how the, the animal would have been brought into the, the court uh, of, the, of, the, uh, uh, of the tabernacle, right? Or the temple court. And the animal and all these loaves would have been brought in and it would have been brought over to the side beside the, the altar as it was being prepared to be sacrificed. Uh, as a thanksgiving offering. So, so this, and, and, and you gotta know that whoever was bringing it had to be pretty happy. Why? Because they were voluntarily given massive thanksgiving to God. 
And so because of that, they had to be just like almost giddy excited. They were like, yeah, boy, something good is going on. I want to give thanks to my God for filling the blank whatever it is, and I want to give thanks to God. You know, they had to be excited. I'm bringing this, this animal, maybe a big animal if, if they were wealthy or, or, or maybe not. Maybe it was small. Okay, but they were bringing their animal and, and they were, thank, oh, thank you, Lord, and I've got all this bread and i got my friends and family here and we're celebrating. We're so excited about what God has done and we're, we are here literally in the courtyard of the temple. Literally, in, in the, it's called the outer court. Okay, that's what it's called. That's where you're bringing the, the, the sacrifice. The thanksgiving sacrifice is brought into the outer court. Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to Adonai, all the earth. Serve Adonai with gladness. Come before his presence with joyful singing. Know that Adonai, he is God. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Praise him, bless his name, for Adonai is good, his loving kindness endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. How very interesting. Do you see what to me strikes me as an obvious connection? I could see Psalm 100 being sung and recited as people walked into the outer court of the tabernacle, bringing their thanksgiving offering to God, as, de as delineated in Leviticus 7 and Leviticus 3, right? Parts, uh, part of giving thanks to God, as we read about right here, is to proclaim God's goodness. It's not enough to be silently thankful you need to tell others of God's goodness. So here it was, the psalmist says, I'm, I'm, I'm entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So they're entering God's courts and I can even imagine entering into the outer courts of the temple with the sacrifice, with all the loaves of bread, with the, you know, the, the, you, you have folks there that are waiting to just celebrate and you're just get rejoicing before the Lord for his kindness and goodness to you. The, can, can you see the picture? It's, it's pretty interesting to imagine, if you will, and to, to feel the, a bit of the emotion. Psalm chapter 56, please, 56. So, so friends, what does it say? It says in Psalm 100 over and over again that we've got to tell others of God's goodness. Tell others of the goodness of God. See, that's part of what thanksgiving is about. Part of a thanksgiving sacrifice or part of having a heart of thanksgiving, right, is telling others about what God has done for you. And you know what? No matter how hard a time you might be going through, Friends, if you're honest about it, there are almost always things that you should be thankful for. Amen? Yeah, that's right. You know, that's one of those things where you, we we're all should say amen on that one because we, we, we don't want to eschew any of God's blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings to us. You know, could we dream or desire for there to be more blessings? Yes, of course, right? But, but you know what? Listen, we have our salvation. It's interesting about Psalm 56, the psalm I'm going to be reading from here. And I want you to listen and I want you to feel the tone of what King David says as we're reading, starting verse 13, because this is very, very interesting. And, and, and I hope it conveys a message, George, that, that everybody can get. It's something that's, uh, get ready. It's, it's something interesting. Psalm 56, verse 13 King David says, I am under vows to you, O God. I will present thank offerings to you. What is it? That's Leviticus 7. That's the thanksgiving offerings that we just read about. I will present thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death and my feet from stumbling that I may walk before God in the light of life. Oh, yes, what a joyous thing King David is saying in, in Psalm chapter 56. Yes, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to present a thanksgiving offering to you 
Woo! Okay, Dave, why are you offering that Thanksgiving offering? I'm, I'm offering that Thanksgiving offering because, God, you have delivered my soul from death and my feet from stumbling that I can walk before you, Lord, in the light of life. Thank you, Lord. I'm so thankful. When I read that, Stacey, I think of somebody who's like, Woo, yeah, I'm in good shape. I've been going every Shabbat to service and, and I've been getting into the music and I'm, things are going great in my life and my, my job's doing well, my wife's doing well, my children doing well. Woo! <laughs> but that's not what was going on in David's life in Psalm 56. See, this is the interesting thing about Psalm 56. If you look at the context of this psalm, it was written while David had been seized by the Philistines. Read the beginning of it. He was seized by the Philistines during Psalm 56. So this was written at a time when he was in a dire situation. Dire situation. Even in his dire situation, he said, I will present thanksgiving offerings to God. What an attitude. You see, this is what I'm saying. This, this is next level, y'all. This is next level. This is beyond, there's a reason why David was one of those. You know, legend. There's a reason why David's legend, right? He had an attitude that's hard for all of us. Very hard. I mean, how can, how can you do that? Uh, again, it's easy to give a Thanksgiving offering when you, when you get the, the huge promotion or or, or, or you have these giant celebrations of a marriage or a, or a big retirement or sold your business or your house for a lot of money. And okay, yeah, sure. Listen, bring the Thanksgiving sacrifice of praise and, and then your offering unto the Lord. Yes, we all celebrate. We tell other people about how God has been good to us. Absolutely valid, legitimate, no question, those are all good times. And man, you listen to verse 13 and 14 and you think, wow, David's in that situation when he's given his Thanksgiving offering. No, he is not. No, he is not. He's in a situation that's worse than probably anybody here or anybody watching online has ever been in. He himself is, was a hostage. Talk about the hostages. He himself was a hostage. Ironically, the Philistines are in biblical Gaza which is interesting. But, but the point is he himself was, was a hostage. And yet he's talking about over effusive praise to God and wanting to bring a thanksgiving offering because God has given him and preserved his life. It's like, what? Is he really talking about a thanksgiving offering right now? Yep. See, within this, we see that our thanksgiving should not be solely based on our current situation. But in reality, as we mature as believers, we will start to look at the big picture like King David did. That's what we should be doing. It's starting to look at that big picture like Melch David. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, please, in the Brich on the New Covenant. This is why... We understand, if you understand Leviticus 7 and the Thanksgiving offering, then you understand better Psalm 100 about coming into his courts with praise, right? And, but then you also see Psalm 56 where David says, I'm bringing a Thanksgiving offering even though times are tough and in seasons of difficulty. If you understand all three of these verses together, only then does it really help you understand 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse, starting in verse 16. What does it say? It says, rejoice always, pray constantly in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Messiah Yeshua. Oh, come on, somebody. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You see how all that adds up. It should speak to you. It should talk to you. It should change you about how you're feeling, about whatever it is that you're going through, good or bad, my friends. See, beloved, as we mature in our faith, if you are looking to mature as a believer, I'm not talking about believer 101. I'm talking about as you mature as a believer, we realize that our Thanksgiving offerings should be continual. 
as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Continual, because we recognize that if we have Messiah, if we have Messiah, see it says in Messiah Yeshua, if we have Messiah, even though we go through tremendous trials of various sorts, we have that which is most important, our salvation. Amen? (laughs) We have our salvation, that which is most important. So in everything, we give thanks. That's what it says in 1 Thessalonians. So in everything we give thanks. You see, it makes sense if you understand it in context and looking at it in the big picture and understanding what was said in Leviticus chapter 7, Leviticus 3, Psalm 100, uh, all this incredible joyous celebration, rejoicing and entering his courts with praise. But then Psalm 56, where King David talks about Thanksgiving offering, even if he's in the, in the midst of a dungeon, basically, and, and captive by the Philistines, and yet God restores him and takes him out. So then Thessalonians, in everything we give thanks. And, and by the way, don't misinterpret the passage, brothers and sisters. It is, you know, sometimes I hear people that, that misunderstand the passage Understand just illustratively and hear carefully what I'm about to say. It's just an example so that you can better understand what the passage means when it says, give thanks in everything. In everything, give thanks. Okay, let me help you understand here. Don't misinterpret that passage. I'm not thanking God for being fired unjustly. See, some people are, are, play this number where they just don't really understand the depths of it, of the, of the passage, and they say, I got fired and it was unjust, but I thank God that I got fired unjustly. No, 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 you, you, you're missing the point. It says, it says in everything give thanks, so I'm giving thanks because I was fired unjustly. No, 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 that's not the point. I'm thanking God for taking care of me even though I got fired unjustly. That's what you're thanking God for. You see, you see there, you're not thanking God for bad things or for evil. That's, that's not it. No, thank you, Lord, that even though I got fired unjustly and that wasn't right, you're going to take care of me, God. Thank you, Lord, for that. In every situation, I'm thankful. Do you see the difference, though? There's a big difference. There's a big difference, right? The more we gain this mature perspective, then the less devastated we will be by every bad thing that happens. Because bad things do happen sometimes. Sometimes there are things that are hard, that are difficult. There are sometimes bad things that happen. And, 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 if, and if you don't understand the passage and think, boy, I'm supposed to give thanks, give thanks to God for that, for that terrible thing, I'm supposed to thank God for that, then it can really confuse and depress you. No, no that's not what the scripture means. You're thanking God for taking care of you and being able to persevere even through the trial, right? Isaiah chapter 56, as we prepare to close, Isaiah 56 is interesting because here's the the other thing that I think is kind of cool and uh, is a a neat way to kind of bring this all together. But this, this Thanksgiving offering is for everybody. We know, we know that during Yeshua's millennial kingdom, Okay, Yeshua returns. There's lots of prophecies about when Messiah comes and when Messiah comes back. Lots of prophecies that talk about this. In Isaiah chapter 56, we know that during Yeshua's millennial kingdom in the temple that will be in Jerusalem, there will be another temple. It will be much grander than even Solomon's or Herod's temple. Okay, that there will be a temple there. And we read in scripture that sacrifices will be made again. So there will come a time in the future during the millennial reign of Messiah Yeshua when sacrifices are again made on the altar and the temple. And we also know that these sacrifices will be made by both Jew and Gentile, which is interesting. Why? Scriptures tell us this. Now, I'll tell you just as a quick side note, there's a lot of debate amongst scholars as to why. Why are there sacrifices during Yeshua's reign, if you will, will, since Yeshua's sacrifice stands once and for all for sins? 
And you know what? I've read a lot of different commentaries about why there will be sacrifices. And, and some talk about people after, people during the tribulation. There's lots of different theories about it. People that come after, you know, how, how is that going to work? It's symbolic. It's a reminder. There's lots of different theories as to why there will be sacrifices during Yeshua's millennial reign, considering Yeshua's sacrifice covers sin for all time. So that remains for debate. However, what is clear is that since the Thanksgiving offering is not in any way, shape, or form for the forgiveness of sin, we will very likely, again, offer these sacrifices once Yeshua returns. Because let's face it, we will have even more to be thankful for. Right? We're going to have even more to be thankful. There's going to be a line at the temple a mile long. I bet there's going to be some kind of reservation system. That's what I'm predicting. Maybe some angels or, or maybe part of our jobs are going to be, maybe one of you will be the scheduler for the Thanksgiving offerings for the temple during Yeshua's reign. And so, oh, you need to make an appointment for a Thanksgiving offering? Okay, good. Let's see. Okay, I have 240 years from now. Will that do? Uh, Hey, you got eternity, man. You know, listen, why not? Yeah, that'll do fine. You <laughs> sign me up. Okay, I've got you scheduled. Uh, you know, I'll put a reminder on your iPhone. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, so in any case, let's read about it. Isaiah chapter 56, starting in verse 6. It says this. This is talking about when Messiah has come back. Also the foreigners that's Gentiles, also the foreigners who join themselves to Adonai to minister to him and to love the name of Adonai and to be his servants, all who keep from profaning Shabbat uh, and hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Oh, beloved, this is for Jew and Gentile alike. And say what you want about what, you know, are there going to be this type of offering or that type of offering uh, in the millennial reign of Messiah? One of the offerings I feel real confident they're going to be is going to be a Thanksgiving offering, okay? And clearly, it's Jew and Gentile welcome to come in and to offer up a Thanksgiving offering to the Lord. And so, yes, my friends, it is Thanksgiving weekend, but we should not look at it merely as a day off of work, right? And yes, we have much to be thankful for. Everybody's got a lot to be thankful for. But let's not lose sight of the origin of that for which we are thankful, right? We got to remember the origin of that for which we are. Everything that you're thankful for in your life, what's the origin of it? Up here, that's the origin. God is the origin of that which you're thankful for. Our first thanksgiving should be to God, and it is with everything that we are. It is a tangible offering which costs us something. A Thanksgiving offering costs us something, right? And it should also be with our lips, as King David said, as we should be verbally thanking God to other people for all that he's done for you. And for sure, as it should be shared with others, we testify of God's goodness. And at the end of the day, that is a true Thanksgiving. Beloved, Thanksgiving did not start with the pilgrims. The title of my message is Thanksgiving Offerings. Let's bow our heads. Oh, Lord, I do want to thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If you've never committed your life to the Lord, but you'd like to, can say a simple prayer and the Lord will change you on the inside and, and you will be thankful for today, the rest of your life. Is there anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you want to today? Lift your hand. Is there anyone? Maybe you're watching online or listening on the podcast and you've never 
committed your life to God, say this simple prayer after me. We had someone just last Shabbat do so. And the Lord will change you and change your heart. Say, dear God, I humbly come before you. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again. Forgive me of my sins, O Lord. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. If you're here, see me after the service. We want to celebrate and rejoice and allow you to thank God for it. It would be the best decision you could ever make. Thank you, God, for our congregation. We have such a wonderful congregation. Our mishpacha. It, we're so blessed by you, O oh Lord, to have Mishpacha. And, and God, I'm so thankful for you. Lord, on this Thanksgiving weekend, uh, Lord, in spite of all the Mishagas that's going around, around in the world and in people's lives, uh, I'm just so blessed and thankful for you, Lord, for my family. Uh, it's so meaningful about how you've been so good to me. And so, God, I want to give you credit. Lord, I'm, I'm trying my best, but I can do nothing without you. So, God, I give you thanks, Lord, and, and celebrate that with my mishpacha even today. Lord, we thank you for these things, and we bless you for them. B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.